Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like listening to beautiful voices like ours instead of reading words, then head on over to Audible where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash paratruth, where you can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. What's up, folks? Welcome to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I am Justin. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> folks, we have a very fun and interesting show for you guys tonight. It is a treat, as always. I hope our show is always a treat. Uh, but nonetheless, interesting stuff. New topic, similar but different, because we've ha- we talked about the power of prayer in the past, mm-hmm. and that's something we're going to discuss a little bit later uh, coming up here. But uh, you know, it, it's been a an interesting week. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing because. I'm sure you guys all know this, those of you listening, but it seems as if the older you get, the faster time moves, mm-hmm. right? And we've talked we all, about this as well. <laughs> we, we've talked about this as well. And it's something that I still can't fathom. It's just amazing. Right. Uh, I was reading something the other day that uh, my cousin posted, not not Justin, but his brother, my other cousin, <laughs> posted uh, about immortality and why basically it would suck to be Im- immortal as a human. Um and one of the things is just the idea of time, you know, and, mm-hmm. and today I stand here thinking like, oh, my gosh, it's been a week already. I'm like, what the heck? I can't believe it's been a week and we're here again. I haven't had time to think about anything <laughs> in between now and then. But, you know, a couple million years from now, assuming the world lasted that long, if you're immortal, you'd still be living. But time would be moving so fast that you probably just go crazy mm. because you'd be so accustomed to time. Um, well, I think one thing about and this was actually some something that was said on another podcast, not even paranormal podcast, uh, about being immortal. And I don't think the human brain or the the mind would be able to cope with that. Like mm-hmm. you would go literally insane because you're supposed to be born, you live, you die. If you're mm-hmm. born, you live, and you live, and you live, and you live. I, I honestly think the, the human psyche can't fathom that and, and you would literally go nuts. Right. Well, and here's, this is interesting that, now this is something I can't possibly fathom because we don't hear about it in the Bible, but you know, some of the earliest men and women lived 900 years, you know, a thousand years, et cetera, et cetera. Adam, Abraham, et cetera, et cetera. They've all lived hundreds and hundreds of years. I can only imagine how fast time was moving for them. Yeah. But you know, there's this weird real life or this weird belief, I guess, that if you were immortal, then you would just remain your age forever. You know, if I, if I took a sip out of, uh, uh, 
the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. I would stay 30 years old for eternity. But that's not true. You know, not, not when you really think about what immortality means. You would still age at a normal rate. But can you imagine how old you would be? Like how you, how your body would feel and what you would look like a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now, a million years from now? I mean, there's a good chance you wouldn't even be able to walk very well, but you'd constantly keep living because you can't die. Uh, and it's just, it's crazy to think about. And it sounds like it would be terrible. Uh, you know, <laughs> and so I don't know what God's intention is, you know, when the new earth comes around, because I, I know at that point, <laughs> All who believe in the Lord will be immortal. And it's kind of scary in one sense, but you know, I gotta trust God, you know. I know he's got it figured out, you know. I can't figure it out. I'm just Well, and we might not be I mean, honestly, humans will not be the exact same as they were. So there might be a change from human consciousness as we know it now to when that actually happens. Yeah, I mean who knows? I mean when you think of when Adam and Eve were created, they were meant to be immortal. Until they sinned and then death came in. And so who knows what would have happened, you know, at, at that point, if they never sinned, who knows right. you know, how, what, what they would age like or if they would age and so on and so forth. We don't know that, but it's interesting and it's hard to fathom, but it's interesting to think about and kind of is driving me crazy already thinking about it. Just it's like hard, what it would have been like. It's hard to realize that we went from, we're going to talk about prayer. Now we're talking about immortality. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just a, uh, just the, the rabbit, you know rabbit trails that we go to. It's, rabbit, it's the rabbit trails. You know what, folks? <laughs> Let's go ahead and just jump right into this week's episode. Now Paratruth presents Prayer and the Paranormal with special guest, Jonathan Mallard. All right, folks. Tonight we have on a special guest. His name is Jonathan Mellard. Uh, he's on the line with us right now. He's the author of the book Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland, media frontman of the Life After Death Society, and interestingly, former atheist turned paranormal investigator. Jonathan, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, a few weeks ago, you actually contacted us because you wanted to share a story about the power of prayer from your own personal life. Uh, before we get into that, I want to know a little bit more about you. And according to your bio, it says that you're a former atheist turned paranormal investigator, which is actually a relatively common thing in the world today. But tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm really uh, part of that common folk who... Uh, <laughs> Who start off swearing up and down that there's nothing to this world but science, but then quickly realize that we're wrong. And, uh, I think, I think it's so much nicer to say I'm an atheist turned paranormal investigator instead of saying I'm wrong. Cause it's so much more positive, you know? <laughs> okay. I'll be honest. My, my first brush with the paranormal, uh, I mean, it really is what kind of shaped what I am and why I do what I do. It's been many years now I've been involved, but, uh, I'll say this much. Um, it all started off with my father. So if you want to know a little bit more about me and how I became a paranormal investigator, author, podcaster, and God knows what else I'm going to be next month, <laughs> it, it, it does start with him. It does start with him. My dad is a devout Christian, um, has been for many years, and his story is something I think just anybody who's been touched by cancer can really relate to. Um, he was diagnosed in 2009, and it was not a good prognosis. It, it was fourth stage renal. Uh, he also had some problems in his kidney 
it wasn't good. He went in for a surgery, had the kidney removed, and then began chemotherapy, of course. Mm-hmm. Anybody with four-stage renal cancer is going to tell you that's not a good – that's not good. Right. <laughs> that's uh, I hate to laugh when I say that, but I got a guy to laugh because this has a happy ending. Yeah. Um, but Dad is just – he's the first brush of paranormal I've ever had because, well, he was probably he's diagnosed back in 2009 and – he was over to my house earlier today, and we were complaining about how bad the Detroit Red Wings are doing this year. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's alive and kicking. Uh, he's the longest surviving person on his type of chemotherapy now in Newfoundland, which is eastern Canada, as east you can go. Uh, you guys officially have been heard now on the across Canada now, because <laughs> I'm in St. John's, by the way. But uh, Dad is still alive and kicking, and... I know there's more to it than just his chemo regimen. In fact, the doctors are absolutely stunned. Mm-hmm. They don't understand it. They can't explain why someone who didn't go through radiation has tumors that actually shrink. But we all know how. I know how. And it's something that really got, it, it's really intertwined into a lot of the things I do, but it's got a lot to do with what prayer actually is. And that's intent. When you're praying, you're, you're, you're intending. You're, you're, you're releasing. Maybe you're taking in. It's, it's that vehicle that makes dad different. He is very big on prayer. Very big on prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the kind of guy who has a Curcio group. This is the kind of guy who goes to church a couple times a week. He's, he's very devout. And, uh, I mean, what can I say? As an atheist, I had written him off and he proved me wrong and continues to prove me wrong. And I think after seeing him just make all the doctors make their heads spin, I kind of realized, wow, there's something to this prayer thing. There's something to this. Oh, my God, my dad is my first brush with the paranormal. So when it came time for a friend of mine to say, hey, let's go ghost hunting, I was like, yeah, we should totally do that. (laughs) Suddenly I wasn't as closed-minded, which is just a wonderful story. Here I am now, many years later, eight years now. Wow, that's a long time. And I can honestly tell you that when I go to my grave, I know there's something. There's something out there. <laughs> right. And I might be one of those level-headed guys in the field who actually might be able to give you, you know, shall we say, more concise evidence and data towards it. And uh, the moment I say data instead of evidence, a lot of people go, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> because realistically, my father shouldn't be here. Right. He shouldn't be here, but he is. So how do you explain that? Right. <laughs> well, I think you're the first guy I've ever heard of that, Claims that the power of prayer brought him to the paranormal. <laughs> like, weird, I mean, eh? it's, um, I mean, when you think of a, a God, a, a almighty God and how prayer works and all that, in a sense, it's paranormal or supernatural, but nobody like really associates that with paranormal because paranormal has become such a broad term now. So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of, Interesting that it brought you to the paranormal, which actually it was actually the opposite for Eric and I. Both of us were had lost our faith when we started in the paranormal, and it was the paranormal that brought us back to faith after we had started. <laughs> what? A faith based around someone who can walk on water is a telepath that can heal the dead and raise the dead is paranormal? Never. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'll, I'll say this, though. It's different view. It's a different view for me because I don't thump. I don't thump on a Bible and I don't thump on a physics book. I, mm-hmm. I put them both down and say, oh, I think you guys have a lot right, but you might have a few things wrong. Okay, I put them both down, and and I look at 
My father's a great example. I stripped away the religion from what's going on with them and know there's something spiritual going on there. And that's something really beautiful that me and him have now because, no, I still don't go to church on Sundays, but I, I've become a spiritual person. I, I, I now embrace I now embrace the idea that you could be from any religion and everyone say is okay. It's okay to have those views. And it, it's it's an open-minded thing for sure, but it's certainly changed my life big time, big time changed my life. Maybe someday I'll go all the way Christian. Maybe someday it'll happen. <laughs> but I'll say this. I, I'm open to the idea. And, you know, there's so many things within science that actually links to the idea that there's a creator. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of people don't talk about because, let's face it, unless you have a really deep, you know, <laughs> background knowledge about every little tiny piece of, you know, mechanics, we'll say, behind the things that's going on, it's awfully hard to just say, you know, God created this, but he didn't create that. Mm-hmm. It, it, right. It's so hard to be in that middle person. You know, I'm, at, I'm on a teeter-totter. I'm either very wishy-washy or very open-minded on the subject. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm not the most popular person to talk to at a party. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's but, uh, good, though, that, uh, I mean, you, you come for both sides, which is kind of my perspective. I, I do view myself as a Christian, but I look at both the mainstream view and what I've read in the Bible and come up with my own opinion of stuff. Um, and you know, like you said, and we've said this a couple of times on the show that science is actually showing that there is more sense that there is a God than there isn't, especially when you get into quantum physics. Absolutely. How about just the creation of the universe itself? Right. Like one of my, one of my favorite analogies. I heard this. I, I can't remember who I heard it from. It might have actually been from my dad. So this is this is a quote just from him. He's like, John, you realize if if something on this planet had arrayed, you know, just one more gram than what it was, if one more molecule had have existed, everything on the planet would be completely different than what it is right now. It's like, well, yeah. He said. So if it all came from an explosion, what that basically means is that. Everything on this planet and how all the, not just the, you know, matter itself and the right. atoms and, and whatever makes up matter. It's also the mechanics of matter and also how their forces work, the four fundamental forces work. It was all created inside an explosion, okay, or implosion, whatever way you want to look at right. it. And a lot of people jump on that and say, well, we blow things up all the time and we don't create forces. Yes. And here's a really fun part. What is the most probably common thing the scientific method has to have happen. Whatever it is, it has to be recreatable, doesn't it? Right. Right. How uh, gentlemen, how many big bands ha- big bangs have there been? <laughs> One that we know <laughs> of. <laughs> uh, the idea that an explosion put all this in spin is a great idea, especially with you can see the universe expanding and stuff like that. I I I know there was a big bang, but it may have been a controlled explosion mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. as you look out and you realize, wow, this is the equivalent of smashing off thousands of Swiss watches and having them all magically reassemble. Right. Yeah. Be able to yeah. keep time perfectly. So it, it's it's out there. It's opened my mind to this. But just remember, before my father got sick, all I thought about was the explosion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. all there was. Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, we've talked with a lot of scientists on the show over the years and those that are, you know, that are considered secular scientists, the one who don't believe in God, but believe in this, uh, you know, in, have this in the box thinking where the only thing that's real is what can actually be physically tested. And they all say the same thing, that the universe began with a single atom. And we constantly ask the question, well, if nothing existed but that atom, where did the atom come from? 
but they have no answer. You know, it's yeah, like something I'm, cannot exist without something else being there. And the only logical explanation is that that something has to be everything in a sense. You know, it, it has to live forever. It has to be eternity uh, and eternal in nature. But I don't know. It's weird. Why do you think so many scientists before we'll get into prayer in a little bit here? But why do you think so many scientists today are stuck on this idea other than the fact that it has to be tested physically, uh, that the earth began with a single atom or molecule and they can't really reach out and say, Oh, it was God. I th- I'd say it's because they can't wrap their head around the idea that it came from something in- infinitely dense <laughs> and infinitely small because infinite is not possible. Mm-hmm. And come to think of it, Saying the word infinite, I mean, we're talking about math, an abstract idea that actually doesn't exist, but we apply to things around us because it makes sense. Right, right. So it's a language written within our own (laughs) – math really – I think math has a lot to do with it. But I will say this to you, go back to the idea, science clings to that fundamental – those fundamental laws. They cling to them because no one has been able to bring them something better. Mm-hmm. Science is a history of somebody coming up with the next best idea, right? Mm, let's, right. Let's, I mean, poor Aristotle. I mean, let's, let's poor God. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, it took a while for the world to get their head around his idea, didn't it? Oh, yeah. And it's unfortunate when you think about it that there's all these theories and ideas out there, but we still cling. We still cling. We're still looking for that God particle. We caught a glimpse of it, but we can't get it. We can't find it. Where is it to? Mm. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to jump on the next theory, which is interdimensional, which I love. All <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> other kettle of fish. Uh-oh. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's a matter of clinging to and, and really defending. Cause, cause really that, that's their whole history of science. That, that's pretty much what it is. It's somebody defending and here's why this is the way it is, right? How right. far is Tony and Phoenix physics really going to bring us when we're looking out to the sky and seeing just how far Back, everything goes. We have no idea how big our universe is, right? right. You guys just did an episode with Sagan. Right. I mean, here's a guy who's going to look at you and say, forget the ghosts. <laughs> this place is way weirder than you think. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yep. Here's a little joke from me to you, and you guys can laugh at me at this one, okay? Because you know I am a quote-unquote paranormal investigator, and I'm, I like haunted locations and stuff like that. So, I got, Okay, just like this. What if I told you something that had no mass – was all around you and could pass through you is actually real. What would you think it was? Hmm. What if I told you it's the most abundant thing in the universe? Energy? Oxygen? Energy? Dark, dark matter, guys. Dark matter. Oh. Dark matter. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the most abundant thing in the universe. And guess what? It could pass right through you. It's like a ghost, man. So there you go. Physics is just crazy. It, it, and, they, and they call me the goofy noofy when I tell people about this all the time because, well, one of my favorite things to do is sit down and argue with people with science. I love that because they make me think. They make me see mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. that box. I'm going to say this. The reason why they cling to that box, the idea that it all came from a single atom, okay, is because it's so much easier than to believe in an atom and an Eve. It's so much easier mm-hmm. when you think about it. You don't have to have a faith. When you see data in front of you, right? Let's talk. Let's talk shop about one last thing when it comes okay. to science, science and the whole religious thing. Because you know what? I, I truly believe my father is exactly what this world needs. He's exactly what this world needs. My dad is a living, breathing example of what happens when spiritualism, okay, spirituality, or I hate to say religion. I'm going to say spiritualism, okay? 
when spiritualism and science work together, they can do the impossible. Okay? I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, folks. Before we get too much further into it, uh, we're going to go to our first break here. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio with our good friend and guest, Jonathan Mallard. We will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. It seems that many conspiracy theorists believe that the lunar landings were faked. However, NASA has yet to admit to such a claim, and most people today believe that the lunar landings were legit. But did you know that despite the many successes of the lunar landings, one thing seemed to cause issues quite often for the astronauts? According to Backslides.com, Apollo astronauts had pointed out that one major issue for explorers was moon dust. Apparently, the moon dust caused the lunar hay fever, malfunction with spacesuits, and dust storms in the crew cabin upon returning into space. Luckily, the moon dust didn't cause any fatalities, and as history has taught us, all of the astronauts made it home safely. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we're talking to John Mallard about the power of prayer and how it saved his dad's life. Now, John, uh, you know, one thing you said just before break was that uh, if religion or spiritualism came together with science, it, it would be a bright new world. And I've thought that a long time. I, I mean, science is trying to explain the way things go. Uh, you know, coming from a Christian view, uh, you know, the Bible is trying to explain what, what how things came about, and it's they battle with each other, but at the same time they're both doing the exact same thing. So, in your opinion, if people just sat down, looked at both sides of it, do you think they would 
come to a rational understanding, or do you think it would just be bickering back and forth? <laughs> See, the problem is, it, it, but there shouldn't be two sides. This is the problem. Oh, right. It should be an open mind to both, mm-hmm. right? We're confrontational. You know, one of the, my favorite books of all time, um, Deepak Chopra, Derek Mladenow, uh, War of the Worldviews, just a wonderful book. If you guys ever read that book, you're going to love it. Because you're going to have a guy who, I believe he may have actually studied under Sagan, now that I think about him a lot now. Not totally sure, but anyway. They, they had those confrontations and they talk about those things, right? And the tough questions, man. Now Deepak says, you know, like, scientific method defeats itself many, many times, right? And then it's the guy, man of science, Milano says, well, you know, there's a little girl who's going to die of cancer tomorrow. Did she not pray hard enough? You know, so there's that debate back and forth, right? Mm. But see, <laughs> here's the beautiful thing about it. Right. When I look at my father and I see just just the road he's been down now for many years and fighting and fighting and fighting, he's had both working, both working for him. Right. Mm. He's had the power pair and he's had the power of chemotherapy. He's had both. Right. If we put these people in a room and let them argue it out, <laughs> like I hate to say it, but I can just see people shouting at each other. Well, you created the atomic bomb and a wiped out Hiroshima. Yeah. Well, you had the crusades. Kill anybody lately? I can see it now. I can see it, right? Yeah. But I tell you, I really hope there's a John Mallard in the middle. I'm going to be like, okay, guys, I'm blowing the whistle on this. Time out. Yeah. We have got to start working <laughs> together. That's what's missing. It's mm-hmm. not the fact that people don't agree with each other. It's that maybe we could help each other, right? Right. Guys, there's no doubt in my mind there was a big bang. It's there. The evidence is there. But you know what? I, I don't think it was by itself. There's, there's something more to it, Right. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and get into some uh, prayer a bit. Now, this actually ties up a little bit with science because several months ago we had a guest on and we were talking about prayer. And we were discussing uh, how a study that was taken to see if prayer actually worked. And so they had a number of, like a group of people, two groups uh, set up, and they would go in and pray over plants. Half of them would pray over plants, the other half would just water a plant as normal. And they wanted to see which one would grow faster and stronger based on, uh, you know, what the two groups are doing. And it was, wasn't really conclusive, but they claimed that some of the plants that were being prayed over grew faster and stronger than the ones that weren't. Now, whether or not you can actually it, this is this is kind of weird because I don't know if you can actually test prayer per se. Measure, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't measure prayer. And according to scripture, you know, we that's kind of like testing God. And you know, I read the Bible all the time, uh, and it's very specific in that we shouldn't put God to the test um, for whatever reason. But it's interesting that these prayers somehow had some kind of significant. Uh, results during the study. Now, in a sense, you look, you, with you looking back on your, your father's illness and all the prayer going on and him healing during that time, what was it that you saw? Like, was it something that was gradual and you were like, Hmm, is this the prayer working or was it, I mean, where was your mind at the time? Uh, it goes right back to the day I climbed those stairs and faced him for the first time when I found out he was sick. As soon as I walked in that room, man, he had his hands behind his head, his feet crossed. He was watching MASH on TV, and he just looked like regular old dad. And I walked in, and I'm like, 
like, what do you even say to someone, you know, who just got a death sentence? Remember, right. back then I was pretty closed-minded. I'd written him off already. Hmm. And he just looked at me and said, hey, man, don't worry about it. I'm giving this one to God. He's going to take care of this. Don't you worry about it. I was like, now, obviously the atheist part of me is like, hey, man, that's just somebody who's very devout in good spirits. But you know what? It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen devout people just just have not that great a not great of that great of a, a view, shall we say, mm-hmm. on what's about to happen to them. It all goes back to can we take away the religion from what prayer is and think about it a little bit differently? If I might okay. throw this at you guys, just a thought. Let's take religion out of prayer. What is it? It's intent. It's intent. I think intent, I think intent is actually an energy in itself. Think about it. I don't know if you guys are married or not. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you are? I'm not. Okay. Eric will be sorry. forever single. <laughs> I'm staying really? single. I'm not, I'm not putting myself in that situation, guys. <laughs> no, or, he's just, or, he's or just put, it's not your fault that the women keep falling, failing the scientific method here when he puts them through. <laughs> Battery of tests, right? <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> Where was I? Now that I got sidetracked. Intent. <laughs> uh, yes, prayer is intent. intent. <laughs> See? Probably lost my intention. But the idea behind prayer, if we take the religion out of it, is intent. I want the, a great example of this would be, say me and my wife or you and your wife get in a big argument and we fight it out and we, rawr, you know, grit our teeth and scream at each other. You know, if you have a one-year-old like I do and a six-year-old. Chances are that's pretty much every third or fourth day. And you're going to fight. And, and when you leave that room, whoever's in that room, what are they going to feel? You can feel that tension, can't you? Mm-hmm. Right. You can feel that energy left in the room. You know, people have talked about since the march, the women's march, when everyone left, there was a lot of energy trapped, a lot of energy trapped in that place, okay? I think that that has something to do with prayer. And what I mean by that is that you are intending, you, you, you're putting energy into something, thus energy remains. Mm-hmm. It could be tied to hauntings as well. Maybe even psychic phenomena, how people pick up on things from the past. You know, there's definitely a tie in there. Once we take religion out of prayer, we're still left with that intent. I intend to, you know, say a prayer for my father tonight because I want him to be well and, and I'm going to say a prayer for my little girl because I want her to go to school tomorrow and be well and, and, and get along with friends and say a prayer for, for, you know, maybe some people, some Muslim friends of ours right now who are suffering in other places in the world right now. We're saying those prayers and we're, we're intent. But if you were to take the religion out of it, the intent is still there. And it goes back to every single religion. Intent. That's really what this got to start. There's your Adam that started it all. We intended for something to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So think about it this way. If it is possible, take the religion out of it. If it's possible, if we intend for something to happen, okay, if we will it to exist, I mean, we do that all the time. We're the only beings on this planet who have the ability to take an abstract thought, put it on paper, and build a building. Here's your difference, man. Chimpanzees can't do that, although... I'm telling you right now, they can be taught. <laughs> but you gotta think about it. You gotta think about it. Take, take, take the, take the book out of this. Take the book out of this. It's not necessarily a religious thing. It's a spiritual thing. Prayer is in some way, shape, or form pretty much part of every religion. Am I right? Mm-hmm. That's oh, true. Oh, no, you so, are right. In yeah. some, like, meditation is a form of prayer. Right? Mm-hmm. Meditation mm-hmm. is a form of prayer. You don't have to be down on your knees to meditate. You can meditate standing on the subway. 
and you intend for things to happen. So perhaps that is the difference maker, right? I intend, therefore, I can create. Now, that is something really, really interesting. <laughs> well, it's actually interesting that you say that you say that because now, again, you know, I'm, I'm always in the Bible. And one of the things that come to me is Mark 1124. Uh, when Jesus is speaking, he says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask of in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And in that case, he is pretty much talking about intent, you know, believing that you actually have already received the thing that you're that you're asking for, that you're praying about or meditating on or whatever like that. So it is interesting that you bring that up. Think about it this way. Like I said before, I don't go to church on Sundays, but I go to haunted locations all the time. And everything I do when I show up, there is a ritual where I put my gear and my recorders, how I sit down. I do this alone, by the way. I don't actually investigate with anybody else. I get permission from, you know, big buildings in town here in St. John's, Newfoundland. And Mm -hmm. I go and buy my, buy my lonesome because I'm an audio guy. I'm looking for the voices, shall we say, EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. I'm looking right, for the right. voices of the day when I go into these places. So I like it quiet. I like to be alone. But, you know, in a way, every single time I go to these buildings, I'm kind of going to church, aren't I? I'm going in, and I'm sitting down, and, and I'm doing the same things over and over, and I'm very, very quiet. I'm alone with whatever might be there, and I'm having a word, a quiet word with them, kind of like what we do when we go to church, you know? There's, there's people who are there to sing the hymns. And there's people there who are very quietly in the corner just taking it all in. Let me tell you, prayer can be all over the place. <laughs> there are many different types of prayer. Right? Yeah, Once we open absolutely. our mind to the idea that it does not have to just necessarily be in a church. right? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think some of the most wonderful things that, that have happened to me in investigating and these buildings and stuff like that have happened because I come from a place of love when I go into these buildings. I don't walk in with this idea I'm going to... You know, try to rile up whatever's there and catch on a recorder. Like you see these guys on TV. Guys, it's TV. <laughs> it's right up there with, I feel the same way about paranormal, like ghost hunting shows today on TV as I do about <laughs> televangelism. It's, it's a show. It's yeah, a it show. is. Yeah. It's, it's entertainment. <laughs> and if it inspires you, God bless you. I love that idea. Right. But it's not really what it's like. It's right. not really what it's like to be in these locations. And we go back to intent. When I show up and I set up my gear and I'm very quiet for an hour, you know, the more I think about ghost hunting, the more it sounds like I'm praying, actually. I'm trying, but I'm just trying to listen to response from somebody who was already over there, not the big guy in charge. And I, I kind of listen, and, and sometimes I hear it, sometimes I don't. I go back over my recorder and I get my validation. I get my validation. So can can we as a species handle the idea that there's an afterlife? We've all been hoping for it, Right. Maybe it's not what we think it is. Right. But there's there's written rules on both sides. I'm telling you that right now. Because I've been doing this for so many years, and I've gotten so many crazy things on recorders that it'll make your head spin. Some of the wildest stuff I've ever heard. You know, and we're not just talking your average run-of-the-mill stuff like my name being said. We're talking like actually intelligent communication going on. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll tell you, and this is the honest truth, I have never had a spirit say to me, there's a heaven, there's a God, it's all real. Because I don't know about you guys, but wouldn't that be the first thing you'd say if you were on the other side? It's all real. It's all there. like kind of like Harrison Ford telling everybody about the Jedi and, and the Force Awakens, you know? <laughs> it's all real. The Jedi, it's all there. Right? <laughs> it's cut, but, but they don't do that. And, and the reason my, I personally believe is because they kind of ruined the ending of the movie for us if they did. Right. That's what they I was going to say. Ruined it. They kind of ruined it. They may not have be allowed to do that if it's human spirits coming through 
And it's, it's funny that, uh, you bring that up because, you know, a lot of people don't, I mean, me and Eric debate on what ghosts really are. And, you know, um, if they are human spirits and they are coming back to talk to us or stay here, whatever you believe is going on, you know, they, <laughs> that's a, a huge question that probably a lot of people have is, why aren't they telling us about the afterlife? I mean, we need to know this. We need to know what's going to happen. Well, you really don't, guys. I, I hate to burst your little bubble, but <laughs> if you knew what was going to happen in the long run, would you change in any way? I, my guess is probably no. But, you know, a lot of, again, coming from the Christian standpoint where you believe in a heaven and in a hell, you know, and there, the world has become a so much far difference of evil and good nowadays than it was, <laughs> I'd say even a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's, there's definitely gray now. And that, that comes from religion pretty much giving way to science, in my opinion. Science, science has pretty much slaughtered religion at this point. Pretty much slaughtered it. it it's taken it out of mainstream. I mean, I'm telling you, this, this is, this is the truth. I, I've gone, on to make my paranormal show as big as I can make it. I'm out putting the groups and stuff like that. And no matter how many groups I put it in, small listenership. Right. But the mm-hmm. moment, the moment I have an episode like that says skeptic on it <laughs> or atheist or anything like that, yep. five times the listenership because that's yep. over two right now. We, we're in an information age now and people, what's the most written thing on the planet right now unfortunately is not the bible it's science it's science and it's entertainment and it's tv and it's everything that's thrown at us constantly right how many sports channels are there too many (laughs) like 150 (laughs) million i can watch i can can watch my beloved detroit red wings lose in 17 different time zones now right (laughs) how many stations are there on spirituality one two yeah Oprah's, but you know, she won't even call it that. <laughs> to call the Oprah Winfrey Network and right. have on every major religious speaker. You know what I mean? It, yep. it, it's, it's a transition from spiritualism that's been going on for a long, long time. But here's the fun part. Here's the fun part. People are still craving more knowledge. And the farther they go, the more they ask why. The more they ask why. If you keep asking why, eventually, no matter what scientific test, text it is, it will go to one answer. I just don't know. So, there you go. You can have faith in science <laughs> if you'd like to. You can have faith in whatever religion you want to if you want to. I'd like to have faith in both. I think they both have a lot right and a mm. few things wrong. And they might want to interchange a few things. <laughs> but, uh, once again, that's a debate for another night. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I got to do this. I hope I threw you guys for a loop tonight. I really do because I, on my shows and stuff I've been on before, I've had people say, "Man, you're like the hardest interview ever because you're not one way or the other. We got to be open-minded to both." And, and it's tough to talk like that. It's exhausting mm. to talk like that. And that's why I'm not the most popular guy at the party, like I said earlier. Well, I think that's why people have a hard time getting into our show is because we come from both perspectives. And I mean, I've. And I've voiced this in the group that we're all in that, you know, I, I've been to where I'm not voicing my opinion and I think people are confused by that. 
So that's why I had talked to Eric and I'm like, dude, we, we have to make it the core perspective that we thought of in the first place and go that's from right. bro- both perspectives. That's right. And I think, I think that's important because you can learn from both perspectives and both perspectives aren't necessarily right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And people have a tendency to right away say, well, either science can explain it or it doesn't exist or it's all God's doing. Get over it. <laughs> Those two mindsets are absolutely detrimental. Hmm. Yeah, they, they don't they, help in any way or the other. You know, they just don't. They don't. They don't. You know, I, I, I mentioned earlier the idea that right now somewhere in the world, there's a little girl, a little boy who's dying with a terminal illness. And no matter how much they pray, God is not going to save them. But who's going to give them peace in their final moments? Who comes to the bedside and gives them that peace, their parents, mm-hmm. they're a wreck too, right? I and I always say that on these shows because I know right away that tugs at people's heartstrings because they know I'm right. They know I'm right there. There's there's a disconnect there. What is it? It's because we only have a set amount of time on this planet, no matter who you are. I have some bad news for you. I, I, I hate to tell you guys, but i got to tell you something, and, and like everyone at home is going to know this too, and it's probably going to break your hearts, but did you know everybody who's talking to each other right now is going to be dead someday? Oh God, no! I didn't know that. I thought yeah. we were all you're a little tonight, man. Dude, you're gonna, and you know what's really crazy? Nobody can tell me 100 percent for sure what happens to me when I die. Mm-hmm. No one can. They can only they can only give me examples of either there's a heaven, there's a hell, or somewhere in between. Purgatory is an interesting idea. It is. Maybe that's, it, maybe that's where all these ghosts are hanging out. That's something I heard a be. lot before. Yeah, and heard that before too. There's one problem though. A lot of them are quite happy where they're too. I've gotten <laughs> EVPs that say that. <laughs> you know, how are things? Yeah, not bad. How are you? <laughs> yeah, like, straight up. You know, one thing I think that people might confuse too, we, we talk about heaven and we talk about hell. We, we look up when we say heaven and we look down when we say hell. And, and I, I'm thinking both probably exist here right now all over the world. Um, so once again, cherry pick an idea that I just love when it comes to the paranormal. You know, one thing we're missing is an explanation to a lot of these phenomena. If anybody asked me, do you believe in ghosts, I'd say no. <laughs> that might sound strange because I'm a paranormal investigator. I'm an author of a book on electronic voice phenomena. I, I don't necessarily believe in ghosts. I believe in paranormal phenomena. I believe in the idea that we can capture voices. I believe in the idea that there may be poltergeist activity. But as for what a ghost is, I have absolutely no idea. But one theory I love and uh, if you ever want to hear a guy talk about that theory at length, I, I really recommend looking up a guy named Thomas Fusco. Really, really smart, really, really smart cat. Uh, at least once a year, he has an interaction with me on Facebook, and it's always very insightful. And, and I'm going to say this. He talks a little bit in his book, uh, actually at length in his book, I should say, about the idea that there's an extra dimension of space around us that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. That we actually don't have a 3D plus time world. We've got a 4D plus time world, or maybe a 10D, who knows? And in these extra dimensions of space, maybe where these beings are, they might be you in another extra dimension. They might be something else. See, we very rarely see what we would call the ghost, but sometimes we capture, shall we say, their voices or their footsteps or doors closing. Mm-hmm. We don't see the phenomena taking place, but we hear it. So this entity is in this other dimension, and all we get is the sound. This is something that I, I think might actually be very truthful as an explanation of what electronic voice phenomena actually is, right? Mm-hmm. This is something that's very near and dear to my heart because, well, 
I had to look at it from the atheist point of view when I first started all this. Cause you know, as, as I'm always rooting for my dad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and I'm always rooting, <laughs> rooting for the Christian team now too. I'm going to admit that. I mean, there's more to it than Christmas, although a lot of us refuse to accept <laughs> right. anything else. But I'm going to say to you right now that there's something to you. There's something very special about you, right? There's something very special. There's something that separates you from every other creature on this planet. And, and it's, it's in your head, whatever that is. And when you're dead, I think a little bit of that does survive. I think it does kick around. Not all of it, though. I think you're missing a lot of it. I think you're missing a lot of your emotions. I think you're missing a lot of stuff. But you get to keep things, like your favorite color. <laughs> I think you get to keep your favorite color. That might sound a little ludicrous right now, but <laughs> you guys should really read my book and actually hear about some of the stuff I caught. You're talking about dimensions, and you know some will call it planes or different planes of existence. Uh, and in that case, it's like... In a sense, it's like multiple Earths on top of one another. Uh, so like the plane that we're on is very similar to another plane, but it's a spiritual plane. And that plane may be similar to some other plane. And overall, the aesthetic is pretty much the same, but the physical, uh, and in this case, not necessarily physical, <laughs> but spiritual beings exist in another area. And what's interesting is when we do like, uh, think of audio waves, for example, audio waves, uh, or sound waves are capable of penetrating rock and soil and so on and so forth. So it's interesting to think that maybe the only reason we get like voice phenomena or footsteps or doors shutting and whatnot is because the sound itself is capable of traveling through several different planes that our ears can't actually pick up all the time on their own, but which is why we need the EVPs, you know, and, and, uh, Voice recorders, because that particular sound wave is able to come up on those recorders in some way, somehow. And, of course, I don't know the science behind it, uh, if there probably is any science behind it. But it would make sense, you know, that sound is capable of traveling through these different planes uh, as opposed to physical entities. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a way to connect two different planes. And it's called a Rosenbridge or what you guys might call a wormhole. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the only way you can do it. To be honest... I've caught things in the field on my recorder, not with Spirit Box, just recorder. And one thing I've observed a few times over the years is a loud popping sound. It almost sounds like a whip cracking. It's mm-hmm. a popping noise, like a, like a, that comes through. It's almost like a sound that comes through. And, and I theorize that maybe that is what it's coming through. It's opening up and coming into our world. Another thing too, for some strange reason, most true EVP, and when I say true EVP, that's EVP that's not like, Spirit Box or Ovilus or anything like that. Right. Most true EVP, there's just the recorder stuff, your classic Hans Holzer recorder stuff, okay? This stuff, when it comes through, it's usually under the seven and a half, seven decibels. There has to be a reason behind that. Why is it so quiet? Mm-hmm. And that might be another thing. It's interesting to think that maybe you're onto something, Eric, with the idea this is passing through planes because we know that sound is just a vibration. Right. It has to lose energy as it passes through these things, mm-hmm. right? So right. there you go. Perhaps that's what's going on. That's really interesting. I like that. I do charity ghost hunts at this place at Halloween. I invite people to come and I pimp them out with my paranormal investigating gear and we raise funds for worthy causes. Uh, I don't charge to be a paranormal investigator, by the way, guys. I don't believe in that. And, uh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> There's a lot of teams out there who probably listen to your show who do charge. So I don't want to upset them, but I will say this. I'd never investigate with you unless I can guarantee you a ghost in a bottle at the end of the investigation. If I was to charge, I can't do that. 
So what I do is I put my energy into helping places. I go to historic sites and I help raise funds in these areas. And sometimes we get really lucky and we capture a really cool EVP. This one in particular is a spirit box EVP. We set up a room. Now, this history in this museum is quite alive. There's actually a lot of shipwreck stuff there from the Florizel where over 100 men lost their lives. There's there's a lot of spiritual stuff going on there. A guy died on the grounds. He was electrocuted to death. There's a lot of stories about this place, the Admiralty House Communication Museum in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. One thing I'll say is that over the course of the last two years, yes, I investigated only one place for two years. I'm going into investigation number 13 next week. <laughs> I'm that guy who's looking for repeatable data. Our second year doing charity hunts there, we play a game called My Favorite Color. And it's pretty simple. Every investigator or investigator in training <laughs> – Pretty much gets up and says, my favorite color is whatever. What's your favorite color? And, you know, we do that 20 times. And sometimes we get responses. For some strange reason, you really do bring your favorite color with you when you go to the other side. I don't know why. Might be that it's a basic knowledge. Might be. But I think it's really interesting that we actually got just an incredible response. Now, this is the true recording you guys are listening to right now. This hasn't Mm -hmm. been altered in any way. Once it plays through, though, you will hear the words repeated slow down a little bit so you guys can hear. But in real time, you'll hear the investigator say her name, what her favorite color is, and ask the entity what their favorite color is. Then about 10, 15 seconds later, you're going to hear my favorite, blue-green. Okay, so you go ahead and play that. Let's see what it sounds like. really interesting it's pretty i'm sorry yeah you know one thing that's interesting and maybe you can shed some light or at least in your own opinion but some of these ghost shows that we see on tv and of course some paranormal investigators that we know you know they they claim that the spirit that is speaking through the ghost box uh it's usually its own voice instead of manipulating the frequencies to come up with the voice and so Mm -hmm. many times we'll hear like Oh, that was a woman's voice. Oh my gosh, that was the same woman's voice. And then you keep repeating stuff and they'll be like, oh, it's the same ghost. But here, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like the first half was almost male voice and then the yep. second half was female. So at which point I'm going to, I'm coming out and saying based on the a number of evidence, uh, from past and this included is that 
this, if indeed a spirit is using the ghost box and using these frequencies to speak, then it's not actually its own voice coming through, but it's just manipulating the frequencies. The, hence the reason we have two different uh, tones in this case. Unless you think maybe it is just two ghosts working together trying to get the answer out. But, I mean... <laughs> Deeper down the rabbit hole we go, Eric. Deeper down the rabbit <laughs> yep, hole. I right. Love, of course, I love it. We did, we listen. did, uh, ghost box sessions when we had our group and cool, I mean, man. there was a couple of things that, you know, raised the question, is this really what we're hearing? And then most of the time it was just, you know, constant radio chatter. It wasn't anything answering what we were saying. And, uh, one that I remember of, unfortunately I don't have a clip of it because we weren't recording it off of the, the Radio Shack hack that we were using. Um, but Eric had said a question. We were in a place where a lot of Native Americans had been killed. And um, it started talking about the blood. And I think it, we had a hard time like trying to work it all out because... It wasn't a direct answer to our question, but in a sense it was. So I, it's hard to work with a ghost, uh, ghost box or radio shack hack, whatever you want to call it. Um, and there are a lot of ghost hunters now that will just blow it off. But I think it is a good tool when you're going in this field and especially starting out in this field because you're not going to catch that 100% Bam, EVP, there it is. I have the proof that there's ghosts and there's life after death. <laughs> you can have all of the EVPs in the world, folks, but just some voice on a a uh, recording is not the smoking gun, as Don Zagudis said last week. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you have to have a lot more scientific proof than just a recording on a recorder. I mean, okay, truthfully. So- I'm going to backpedal a little tiny bit back to what Eric asked earlier about the two different voices you're hearing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk shop about what we just got. This is not EVP. This is instrumental transcommunication. Right. Instrumental trans. In other words, obviously it has to use the piece of equipment to speak right. to it. Right. Okay. So it would only common sense would dictate that. Yeah. It would literally have to be using whatever's coming in over the radio to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And then you got your stuff that comes in through the white noise that is not radio and you can hear it in the white. Mm-hmm. So is it your mind playing tricks on you or what is it you're capturing? One of the things to go back to what you mentioned before, every little blip and blap that comes through a radio is not what we're after. Right. It's not what we're after. Right. right. You're looking for things that I talked about in my book called made communications. Okay. Multiple word, audible to the ear intelligently communicated and in direct response to your question or stimuli in the environment. Okay. Multiple word. It ha- one word is not going to cut it. I hate to say it. <laughs> it's just not going <laughs> to cut it. It isn't. It kind of sucks, but it's true because mm-hmm. we all love to hear Eric play over the ghost box and get all excited. But, <laughs> you know, if something was to play through the spirit box that said, you know, you know, Jonathan, Lads, which is the member of my, you know, which is the name of my paranormal right. investigation team, and then it's a member, mm. you know, that'd probably be a little bit more believable, right? Mm. Right. 
Right. And that actually happened. And I got the recording if you want to hear it. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I'll throw, I'm throwing this out there to you. Absolutely. 99% of what you're getting through on these Ghostbusters stuff, that is gobbledygook. It's what we want our mind to be, right? Right. But man, oh man, there's still that 1%. That's pretty damn convincing. That's, that's very intelligent. I, I could, I implore anybody out there who likes to use the spirit box stuff at that. Lose the one word communications. Let's go for full on sentences, stuff that's like very direct response. You got to realize that the question the investigator asked before she said, before this thing said, my favorite blue green, the question was my, she actually said, my favorite color is. So this thing is reiterating part of the question. It's showing intelligence. It's saying exactly what you want. And it's within 10 or 15 seconds. That, that is by far way more convincing than, and you hear Zach Baggins go, oh my God. Right. <laughs> it's a lot different. You compound this with the fact that I investigated in the same place for two years and keep finding strange things on just recorder as well. Mm. And it makes for a more compelling case. So yeah, for all, of, for all the people out there, I'm not about ready to throw down my spirit box and give up, but I'm going to make it a hell of a lot harder to be convinced that what's going through isn't the real deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, also, we got to try our best too to make sure that what's coming through there isn't actually radio noise or cell phone. So, like you know, there's a no cell phone rule. <laughs> you investigate with me. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There's enough interference all around us. We're gonna Faraday's cage that thing. Oh yeah. It's gonna happen, right? And sometimes we get lucky and we still capture stuff. But lo and behold, as soon as you Faraday's cage a bag or, or around your little ghost box, things get awful quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Then we talked a little tiny. I'm sorry, but we, we kind of got back on Eric. Well, I'll go back to your question again. Just what was it? <laughs> oh, no, I was I was more making comment that you know people are so uh, quick to disregard the ghost box, yeah, than to use it in their investigations if they are paranormal investigators. I think I, I blame two things. I blame first because it's so it was so I can't even say it is because it's not even that popular anymore on TV, but it was so popular on TV that people were like, it has to be fake. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And and those same people then go out and use a recorder to try to capture stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's the logic in that? Think about right. that. For a second. Right. <laughs> you want to know the real reason why people don't like the ghost box? I'm going to tell you right now. It's because it's a pain in the ass when you have to listen to mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours. That's why a lot of people stay, stay the heck away from that thing. Right. Now me, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a case. So, you know, I'll, I'll run a spirit box for an hour. I'll have, three or four hours of just audio recorders laying around trying to get footsteps of it that, you know, like I, I kind of, it, it's just one tool I use in, in right. a large array. And, and for me, I have no problem with people crap all over the spirit box. I'm the first person to tell you that a K2 meter doesn't work. And people get upset about that because mm-hmm. guess what? It doesn't work. <laughs> it, I've never had it work for me. Maybe I'm just a bit upset about that, but it just doesn't work. But you know what? A really cute trick is when you get on your cell phone, and you go towards your K2 meter and you're like taking a video and you put it on YouTube and the K2 meter is going off because, you know, you're not out of airplane mode and that makes K2 meters go off like crazy. Yeah, real-time communication with your dead grandma there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real deal. <laughs> Benny, Benny, I need to take a selfie of you. Blink, blink to green if you're here. Oh, he's there. Cool. <laughs> Nanny, do you <laughs> Nanny, do you want Forrest Gump, how, Forrest Gump at in Snapchat? Yes, we do. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> I basically wrote my book, New Fee EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland, as a love letter to the people out there who are much like myself, open-minded to the idea, but not stupid. <laughs> We're going to look for the harder, 
to disprove stuff, obviously. Mm. Here's another confession I have to make. You know, I've been doing this for years and years and years and years and years, and I've never caught a decent picture. Not once. Yeah. I don't really believe in orbs, so I can't cons- – like, I got a lot of that, but I don't really believe so much in that. So we all have different beliefs, and we're all after different things. I think mm-hmm. I stick with the audio because it kind of jives with the idea that this stuff is coming from another dimension of space, more so than if I can capture a picture. Because guess what? If I capture a picture, that means it exists here. Right. Right? Right. Think about it this way, too. If I was to pass away and I wanted to get caught on recorder – I mean, I'd probably be doing a lot way more interesting stuff than what I'm sending John Mallard right now. I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe Donald Trump is president. I'd probably have that as an EVP. Or I'd have, <laughs> oh, my God, go Patriots. Yes, come back in the century. Like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of missing pieces to the stuff I've caught, right? Right. But I'm not about to disregard the idea that this stuff exists because more and more people seem to be capturing weirder and weirder stuff. And this stuff isn't going away. You know, we make the joke that in popular media, it's not as popular as it used to be. We're seeing a decline, we'll say, in people who are into spirit, spirit, you know, communication or are into the paranormal. And I use that quotation marks because it's such a big blanket term. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot less people out there who are as interested in the Loch Ness Monster and interested in Bigfoot and stuff like that because of the information age, Right. I beg to differ. I don't think we've even started to even <laughs> discover the tip of the iceberg to what this stuff could be, the ramifications. Right. And here's some food for thought. Let's be honest with ourselves. If there is an afterlife, is it profitable to prove there's an afterlife? No, it's not profitable. It's not profitable at all. No. Because you're not going to want to buy the stuff that's going to make you live an extra 10 years long. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to want to pay for that cancer treatment anymore. You're not going to want to pay for the things that keep you living longer. Perhaps there's misinformation for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm pretty much done on that subject. <laughs> <laughs> I could go all night. I really can. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, though, we are at the end of the show here. So... What we want to do is just give you a moment here, John, to tell people where they can find you. If you want to plug your book a bit, uh, pretty much give out any information you'd like. The floor is yours. Oh, the floor is mine. Well, I'll yep. be sure to sweep. I'll be sure to sweep it for you, <laughs> and then mop it because Appreciate I'm sure I, I, I've just destroyed everyone's beliefs tonight. And, uh, <laughs> I hope so. Just, just know that uh, I'm not here to be on anybody's side in all this. I'm going to say this. It, it, my objective is to make you think. To open your mind to the idea that some of the stuff might be there. And if you want to know more about that, www.lifeafterdeathsociety.com is my website. There you're going to find my book. There you're going to find my podcast, the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast, um, which is, you know, a once a month podcast because I'm so busy doing other things like ghost hunting and being a father to two children and stuff like that. But actually hey, man, having no a quitter. life. <laughs> actually having a life. <laughs> actually, yeah. You know, the funny thing is, though, on the weekends, though, I just hang out with dead people. So that doesn't say much about my friendship circle. They must be really upset. It's like, my, my friend Lauren made the joke the other day. Well, what did you get for Christmas from your dead friends, John? And I was just like, ah, not a whole lot. Cold shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, Odd Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast, it's everywhere, all over the place, man. It, all you got to do is scroll up or down from Paratruth Radio on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, thanks so much for coming on and uh, telling us about your different backgrounds and, you know, the the 
power of prayer and all that great stuff. But uh, like Eric said, it is time to let you go, and uh, we will talk to you soon, my good friend. All right. Hopefully now I'll get this out there for people to know, too. I'll be sure to plug you guys on my stuff, okay? Sounds good. Oh, great. All right. No problem. Bye. <laughs> all right, folks. That was John Mellard. And that was our discussion on the power of prayer amongst many other small topics there in regards to EVPs and just ghost phenomena. Um, we have the show to continue here for a short while, but first we're going to jump to Justin's paranormal headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's paranormal headlines. How's it going, para-fans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines, and these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. New device turns pollution into printing ink. Known as Kalink, the remarkable invention is designed to help tackle air pollution problems in Asia. Developed by Indian MIT spin-off company Gravinky Labs, the device can be retrofitted to the exhaust of any existing vehicle and can capture up to 93% of the emitted pollution. Exactly how it works, however, remains a closely guarded secret. Our device is designed as a clever fusion of electronic sensors, mechanical actuators, and a collection system, said company co-founder Anirudh Sharma. It is retrofitted to the exhaust pipe of vehicles and mounts through a triangulated screw clamp set. If it proves a success, the device, which takes 45 minutes of exhaust filtering to produce a single ounce of ink, could prove an invaluable tool for reducing pollution in large cities. It is also set to offer an inexpensive, high-quality alternative to regular ink brands. Gorilla-shaped Cheeto has sold for $99,900. A Cheeto shaped like Harambi, the primate shot at Cincinnati Zoo, has sold in an online auction. It seems that people will buy just about anything these days, as evidenced by the 132 bids on an eBay auction for a Cheeto this week, which ultimately sold for an absurd $99,900. The auction had been listed several times before and ended with no bids, but when the sale unexpectedly went viral online on Sunday, the number of prospective buyers shot up. The Cheeto is allegedly shaped like Harambi, a silverback gorilla, which was sadly put down at Cincinnati Zoo last year after a small child fell into the enclosure. The sale of the snack has since prompted an influx of auctions for other Cheetos shaped like everything from Superman to Donald Trump. Whether any of them will fetch as much as Harambee Cheeto, however, remains to be seen. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And again, we had just gotten off the line with John Mellard, where we spoke about the power of prayer amongst many other paranormal topics. It was an interesting show. A fun show, to say the least. You know, 
I mean, don't get me wrong, folks. All of our shows are fun. But I think the reason you hear Justin and I say that so often is because we tend to have some stressful weeks (laughs) from time to time. And so sitting down for an hour or so talking with somebody uh, about the paranormal and just relaxing is really nice, which is, in case you're ever wondering why we constantly say that show was fun or why it was good or this or that, that's the reason. It's it's a nice break from the rest of life. (laughs) But, uh, and I hope oh, it is yeah. for everybody else as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, power of prayer. Interesting conversation. Um, you know, we had said over break, we were talking over break, and you had said it, it, you weren't sure where it was going to go. Just a conversation in general, yeah. you know, which is often what we come across with certain episodes, especially with, uh, uh, not, not, John, but you know other guests that we've had on who we do or other know topics that yeah, other we do topics. by ourselves. You know, some of the guests that we have on we're meeting for the very first time, we've never spoken to before, other than like an email here and there. Yeah. Um, and so we're always curious as to just exactly how the show's going to go and whether or not something's going to be too controversial, like a question or an answer, a response, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, you know, the power of prayer. We had. Those of you who've been tuning in for a while now, you know that we've covered prayer before in the past, and so we are curious as to what we can make new today or tonight on this episode. Uh, and it was fresh; it was a fresh topic, fresh uh, discussion. You know, it was really nice to to get into what we got into. You yeah. Know? And I know not everyone out there is like, "Oh, I agree with John," or "I agree with Eric and Justin," but. You know, it, it's interesting to think about, and we've said this on the show before, it's very important to have an open mind. And not to say that anything you hear on the show has to be the answer. Right. Because, you know, I'm open to hearing about everything. I don't agree with half the stuff we talk about, <laughs> you know, for whether it's with guests or things that Justin says. And you know that because I voice my opinion on it usually. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not interested in hearing it. And it's challenging, I think. And I think that's a good thing for the show. Uh, and for your, all of our listeners, I think it's good to have challenge, you know, let people, um, bring up conversation and ideas that challenge your own personal views and beliefs. Cause I think that helps, uh, firm your own faith, you know, or your own belief system or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's definitely nice to, to have this conversation and just talk about the spirituality of things, um, in regards to prayer and just, I think it was really fun that we got into the different planes, you know, or oh, the yeah. idea of dimensions and stuff. You know? I think it's a, uh, it's awesome that he's, he, uh, lands right in the, the middle. And as he said, he was an atheist. Now he can't say that I can't believe that there's not something other than science <laughs> making right. the world spin. And I think that he brought up a very good point. Regardless of anybody's viewpoint, and just like us doing this show, we all have to come together to an understanding instead of just arguing and bickering back and forth about, no, it's this way. No, it's this way. No, Christianity is the way. No, science is the way. And, I mean, to a point, everybody believes that. But, I mean, if we all came together, and we've talked about this several times that, you know, Science and religion, just like John said, are both have good points. Some may be off, um, but if they all came together, I mean, science is literally trying to explain what's going on. Look at the mm-hmm. Bible. It's doing the exact same thing. It's mm-hmm. trying to explain what's going on right. just from a different standpoint. 
Well, and it's been said many times uh, throughout history, just don't believe in something without some kind of evidence to support your belief. You know, now Jesus tells us to have faith in him. And those that believe without seeing are more blessed than those who believe with seeing. But it doesn't mean to have a blind faith. Like you, If you're going to have faith in anything, it can't be blind. Because then what do you have a faith in? You know, so it can't be blind. There, there's always some kind of evidence. There's always some kind of science behind everything. Uh, and the only thing that's that I think we really have the biggest issue with, at least coming from my viewpoint in the whole Christian thing and just having a relationship with God, uh, is that science is so quick to dismiss uh, God and spiritualism, you know, and they're going to do anything in their power to try to prove spirit spirits or God or heaven or hell or whatever to be inadequate and to be false. But that doesn't mean that we as Christians should completely deny science because science also gives us some very strong evidence and support of the true nature of God and who God is and the fact that he is all powerful and that he is a creator God and that he does exist today and that he's watching over us and that he loves each and one of each and every one of us. So, you know, I think it's really important that if you're going to agree or disagree with anything, you have to have a reason behind it. And that means opening your mind and understanding everything there is to know about your faith and then about the faiths and beliefs of others. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, fun episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. It was a good night. Um, this week, or next week, I'm sorry, upcoming. What do we got going, Justin? Uh, next week, we are going to discuss the ice boats of World War II. Mm. Yeah, you know, interesting thing. I actually brought that up to Justin a couple of weeks ago. I had come across it, and I, I never knew anything about it. I don't know if any of our listeners had heard about these ice boats. Uh, if you want to do some research, just, you know, look it up. I'm not going to give you too much information. I'd rather, rather save it for you guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I thought it was really interesting, you know, and, you know, I, I had to think uh, as to whether this was considered a conspiracy or fact. And I think the evidence that we're going to bring to you guys next week and the information is really going to astound you guys. So if you don't know about it, look forward to it. If you do, then I hope you look forward to just the results that we have. So um, on that note, I think it's time for us to go. I hope everyone has a good night. Uh, my name is Eric. And as always, I'm Justin. And always, you can catch us at the same time, same place, right here on Paratruth Radio. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can find them at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and the Fringe Radio Network. Or for a one-time fix of all of your Paratruth needs, simply drop in to ParatruthRadio.com. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram for brand new updates on our show every day. Finally, we love bringing you fresh, entertaining media each and every week, but we can't do it without you. So please check out our Patreon account. Simply go to ParatroopRadio.com, click on the Patreon logo, and help us to continue bringing you the latest and greatest in paranormal research.
Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.